calling all veterans of North Idaho. Ready for some free food and great conversation? Mark your calendars for 0800 on September 17, 2022 to be at Lake City Church in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho for the CDA Rotary Club Veterans Breakfast. Enjoy pancakes, meet local veterans. Stay tuned for more information later in this podcast. Welcome to the Veterans Club Podcast, a production where veterans and community meet and thrive. We talk with veterans about their life and military service and to veterans organizations about their community service efforts. We've joined forces with the Baby Boomers Radio Network to help increase the reach of veterans and their heart for service. With your help sharing these episodes, we can reach more people and change more lives. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you to our veterans for their service to country and community. Welcome to the Veterans Club podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I got a friend of mine, Bob, in with me today. Bob, thanks for thanks for coming in. Uh, what branch of service did you serve in, and what years were you in the service? Well, I was in the Army Reserve. Um on active duty from 1970 to 1972. And then I went into the, uh, the active reserve uh, for 20 years. And so I was totally in from uh, 1970 to uh, 1992. And why did you choose Army? Well, that's a bit of a story in that uh, as a kid, I loved aircraft and I collected uh, Air Force unit patches, and I built many, many models of uh, fighter jets primarily. And uh, in grade school, my ambition was to be a fighter pilot. And so uh, it was Air Force for me. Well, when I hit the eighth grade, my vision went bad, and I became nearsighted. And so I, I had to give up on that dream. I also wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. That was one of my major goals. And of course, people would say, well, you don't have to have 2020, you know, to be on a flight crew. But there's a big difference between being on a flight crew and being a fighter pilot. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so I was very disgruntled about that. Then when I joined, uh, when I went into college, the college that I went to offered ROTC, but only Army ROTC. So at registration, they had a table promoting that and uh, I approached and talked to the folks about it and uh, thought, hmm, this sounds uh, second best <laughs> going in the, uh, the Air Force. And uh, I signed up and the rest was history, as they say. You know, I look back when I enlisted, it, it was out of, uh, oh, almost initially a resentment, my parents. They had uh, made a promise about college and they reneged on it. So fine, I'll go join the military. I looked at the military as a source of independence. How did you look at the military? Mostly, I think, as an opportunity for adventure and, uh, and travel. And uh, I'll mention maybe a little later uh, a lot of the fun things I got to do in the military. But, uh, um, yeah. Well, let's go there. So what, uh, what was your first memory as, uh, as a soldier in the Army? Well, I guess that would be when I first went on active duty because uh, ROTC for me was a tremendous and fun experience. I was the cadet commander of a special forces unit, and uh, I loved uh, going on maneuvers 
especially at night, sneaking around, you know, uh, small unit tactics was my forte. Um, when I, I graduated as a, um, a uh, distinguished military graduate, and I was offered virtually any branch in the service, and of course all of the uh, cadre, uh, the regular army uh, officers thought, well, I'd sure be one to go uh, uh, army ranger, airborne, special forces, and that whole route. Well, I was offered all that, including flight school. But the the uh, the catch was for every uh, thing you signed up for it was another year of service. And this was in some of the heat of Vietnam. And so I thought, hmm, my ROTC experience was a little bit closer to Boy Scouts. And when the real bullets and mortars and uh, things start flying, it, it may be a little different uh, perspective. And so I thought rather than committing to all of that, I would go into something that would give me some education so that I might be able to apply in the civilian world. So of all the branches, I chose Signal Corps, looking at communications and electronics. What I didn't realize was is that as an officer, you are primarily uh, a manager, you learn leadership, and you learn just enough about the technology to get yourself in trouble. So you're not actually doing it, you're managing the Absolutely. people who are. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it branches like that, the technicians, the NCOs, and enlisted people are, wow, they're very, very skilled. And um, yeah, so as far as developing those technical skills, uh, there wasn't much opportunity, but perhaps what I learned more was more marketable in, in organizational leadership and management um, and uh, leading and working with, with groups of people. Uh, not to jump around too much, but those were skills that you really applied uh, in your post-military life. You, you mind sharing a little bit about what, what you did with those skills after the military? Well, um, I've got a pretty <laughs> uh, diverse resume uh, job-wise. I've done a lot of different things. Uh, I've led, uh, in fact, I was the executive director of three different nonprofit organizations. I spent eight years in sales and sales management for a national uh, um, grocery manufacturer. Um, did everything from build houses to uh, uh work on the, uh, actually, uh, the last nine years of my career as with the Border Patrol up on the Canadian border. Um, so I applied those skills uh, pretty, uh, pretty effectively. But as I mentioned, I spent 20 years in reserve. So that was always a secondary job. And I loved that. I really liked that. Um, so uh, yeah, and the skills I developed there were pretty incredible, too. Now, were you still Signal Corps in the reserves, or did you change MOS? No, I was uh, still Signal Corps. In fact, how I got into the reserves was basically with a, my mis misunderstanding. When I got off ap active, active duty, and it happened somewhat abruptly because the Vietnam War was coming to a screeching uh, halt, um, I... Uh, was under the impression that everybody had to spend six years of service, uh, two on active duty. Mistakenly, I thought you had to do two in, in the active reserve and then two in the uh, individual Inactive, right. IRR, yeah. 
um, wasn't true. I could have gone, I, I, I could have virtually been out, but um, because, because I wanted to uh, continue doing what I was doing in my civilian life, which was I was a smoke jumper with the U.S. Forest Service and fighting fire in the summer, I thought that, well, if I have to be in the reserves, I want to uh, pick a unit, uh, sign up, and try to negotiate my annual training time sometime other than the three main months of the summer so I can continue to do that job. Uh, when I showed up, well, actually, actually I went to a uh, infantry battalion, which was uh, the biggest unit in our area, and they said, we don't have a slot for you. And, but they said, got to check with the USAR school. I had no idea that there were school units. And so I went and talked to them. Boy, they grabbed me right away. They said, we're looking for someone to teach a, a radio operator class. And uh, so there I wound up teaching. I, I wound up being an instructor for uh, 20 years. I taught uh, uh, enlisted MOS classes. I taught officer classes, uh, officer uh, advanced, command and general staff college, ultimately. Um, I really enjoyed the travel and meeting the people uh, doing that. And that brings me to my next question. I mean, I look back on my military service, and I, I, just, I just loved being, a, being in a place where I could go around the world. As a military musician, I traveled all the time playing music. To me, that was my favorite military activity, was traveling and playing music. What, what was your favorite military activity? Well, the travel was, was great. Again, I had two careers, basically one on active duty and one in the reserve. On active duty, I was at Fort Lewis, Washington, and I had the opportunity to take up skiing, which I, you know, I would love to have done that, but I never had that opportunity. Uh, I went through uh, the um, uh, program to become a certified scuba diver. So I was skiing and scuba diving and then sailing. <laughs> I sailed. And so I got uh, really some high adventure activities that I wouldn't have gotten had it not been through the military, probably. Um, so I always reflect back on that and think those are, those are lifetime uh avocations or hobbies sure yeah now if you had a chance to do it all over again would you do anything differently absolutely not in fact uh, i was thinking today that some of the opportunities that i got uh were not at all planned by me they were quite fortuitous they they, i guess if you're in the right place at the right time there's so many things that can open up and i think in the military that's probably more um true than in the civilian world um you have the chance for travel you have the chance for a great education in various disciplines and uh i think that because of all that i i wouldn't have made any other choice because it took me down paths that i wouldn't have otherwise have gone yeah you know that's a great point i mean the army especially it was hurry up and wait <laughs> so you know i remember that there was just a ton of opportunities where the commander would come down and he would say, okay, I need three people to do this. And we're just sitting around waiting for the bus or, or whatever we were waiting for. Um, so, yeah, I raised my hand. I'll, I'll do that. I got yeah. to do some really cool stuff. 
Yeah. So you're right. I mean, I, I think let's, let's drift in here. And one of the things that I want to focus on in this podcast is kind of giving advice to the next generation, to the, to the future generations. If, if you had an opportunity to advise, say, a grandchild uh, about their pending military service, what kind of advice would you give them and why? Well, I would definitely tell them to look at and consider strongly the military. Um, if you are lucky enough to go to college, the RTC programs are, are incredible. And your opportunities as an officer, uh, depending on what branch you go into and what, what your, uh, um, your personal goals are, can be incredible. Um, for example, I've talked to uh, then and lately uh, doctors, attorneys. Um, uh, the other day I was talking to a fellow that was a dentist who spent his entire career in, as an Army dentist. He said that from uh, dental school on, the, uh, uh, the military picked up the tab for all kinds of higher education to the point where he wasn't just a dentist anymore. He was a, uh, an oral surgeon, uh, reconstruct, a, a reconstructive uh, facial uh, uh, type of surgeon. Uh, all that was paid for. He said that during his time in the military, he spent as much time in school as he did uh, actually practicing dentistry. I've met Army nurses that got incredible training and incredible experience, especially in trauma, uh, wartime. They saw wounds. They saw situations you probably never see except in a big uh, city hospital and then very infrequently. Uh, they got the most incredible experience. So for officers, that's a tremendous opportunity. For enlisted people that are more uh, uh, oriented towards trades, the military has every imaginable trade, and they will train people. I had a friend that was a, uh, in the Navy, and he was a, um, uh, a welder and fabricator. When he got out, he started his own business as a, a welding shop and fabrication and became very, very uh, uh, successful in, in, in the city that he lived. Um, chemical Corps, you, you might not think about this, but they learn about the chemistry of things. Um, uh, everything from the Navy needing uh, plumbers and pipe fitters to the Air Force having a, a huge need for uh, more sophisticated technological things related to electronics and communication. I was in the Signal Corps, and like I say, the NCOs and, off, and, and enlisted people that I worked with, were they were top-notch people. They were very, very skilled. They had to be because lives depended on it. So um, I'd advise any young person to look at it. I know the military can have a stigma, uh, but you need to think through that and overcome it because you can get an education and experience you can't get anywhere else. Are you a veteran? Do you live in or around Coeur d'Alene, Idaho? Then mark your calendar for 0800 on September 17, 2022 for the CDA Rotary Veterans Breakfast. Enjoy a free pancake breakfast, meet other veterans, and 
Build new relationships. Sponsored by the CDA Rotary Club, Super One Foods, Black Sheep Sporting Goods, Pilgrim's Market, Killer Burger, Angelo's Italian Restaurant, Triple B Guns in Coeur d'Alene, and Zenith Exhibits Studios. Each veteran in attendance is automatically entered in a free drawing to win great prizes from our sponsors. Please visit theveteransclub.org to RSVP for the Veterans Breakfast. If RSVP and via website is not your cup of tea, then please call me at 208-209-7170 and I can take your reservation over the phone. It's important we know how many veterans are going to be in attendance, so we order and prepare enough food for everyone. I look forward to meeting you on September 17th at Lake City Church off Ramsey. God bless and thank you for your service. Oh, that is such a good point because, I mean, I think the kids, especially right now, they're looking at a a college education cost $100,000. Yeah. And you come out of college further in debt than most of us did in our lifetime. That's right. Um, but then you can go into the military, get all of your education paid for. If you make it a career, come out with a pension, and you're still young enough to have a whole nother career. I got friends who've had two additional careers yeah. that, that they're receiving now three pensions in their in their late sixties, early seventies. So, uh, you know, I totally agree, that, and that is such a good point. Uh, let, let's talk about your favorite military story. What happened? We all have that, that, uh, oh, this was just the greatest thing I think that ever happened to me in the military. What, what was your favorite military experience? Well, when I showed up for active duty, my first duty station, uh, I, I was driving a 1955 Chevrolet painted uh, bright red that I had built and uh, was a, kind of a street rod. <clears throat> and uh, I pulled up in front of the battalion headquarters and went in and uh, did the reporting thing. Battalion commander, whose desk faced out the window, said, is that your car out there? And I said, yes. He says, you are our new battalion motor officer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as a brand new second lieutenant, um, about uh, 20, 22 years of age, I, I signed for multi-millions, in today's dollars, probably billions of dollars worth of uh, equipment and uh, uh, rolling stock, you know, trucks, uh, uh, vans, uh, all kinds of communication equipment. Plus, I was in two, two uh, uh, signal units. One was uh, cable construction, where they put underground t- cables or overhead like your like your uh, your phone right. uh, telephone poles, um, they had uh, everything from big cats and backhoes to uh, post hole diggers and and all that. The other was radio relay, and they had uh, uh, vans mounted on the back of trucks, communication modules, um, five ton trucks, deuce and a half trucks, uh, half ton pickups. And all this equipment was pretty incredible. And, and what, was, what was in these communication vans, I was also signed for. And much of that was uh, uh, classified uh, top secret or top secret crypto. Being put in charge of that as a brand new officer was pretty, 
pretty uh, hair curling, I guess. Um, but I did very well with it and learned a lot. Well, plus a great car, 1955 Chevy. <laughs> My dad and I both rem- restored 256 Chevys. Oh, yeah. Those are great cars. A 55 and 56, those are the best years that Chevy made, personally. But That's I right. digress. Yeah. Yes. Now, now, how did your time in the military help your personal and or your professional development as a civilian? Well, I, I kind of mentioned some of that, or at least alluded to it. Um, the leadership, I think, is a big thing, uh, working with groups, uh, communication, being able to speak to groups, um, and also counseling of individuals. Um, if you're going to be a boss or a supervisor, those are, those are needed skills. Um, as I mentioned, I don't think any, I was looking at technology, seeing where that was going. I don't think I developed any particular skills in that area. It was all more uh, uh, soft skills, I guess, as opposed to the hard skills. But it's it's done me well my whole my whole life. And in the reserves, being an instructor, uh, basically an adult educator, uh, that has uh, helped me a number of times. In fact, one in particular, I was kind of between jobs at one point. And I wound up contracting with a large uh, community college district to uh, uh, do curriculum development, prepare instruction uh, for uh, prisons, of all things. Oh, wow. Yeah, they needed people. They wanted to educate the prison population in certain areas. Um, of Cooking was one. Um, uh, and hygiene and all the things around uh, food preparation and so i put together a whole uh audio it was actually a video program uh supplemented with with uh hard copy materials for this whole course it was it was it was a pretty neat deal i wouldn't have been able to do that without the knowledge that i gained through teaching uh, cooks and bakers in the military uh nor the technology uh I guess, uh, aptitude to be able to do most of that in the computer. And by the way, one thing, one thing that comes to mind is I saw my first fax machine um, during the Vietnam era. They were used uh, pretty extensively for transmitting maps and, 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 and classified uh, battle plans and that sort of thing. Well, I had never heard of a fax machine. And about two years or three years later, every office probably in the world had a fax machine. That's how quick technology has changed. A lot of, a lot of that stuff is developed by the military for the military, then wound up in civilian uh, applications. You know, and, and people don't really realize that. Because you're right. I remember the fax transmission change myself. I, I didn't know anything about a fax machine. And then all of a sudden, they're literally everywhere. Yeah. But the Internet itself. That was created yes, for military. It was. Um, yeah. DARPA was was the original internet, and now we can't work our heck. We can't drive our cars yeah. without the internet. Yeah, and now they have the new uh, space force. Uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of technology that started in NASA with the space programs wound up uh, being produced. Uh, you know, and and. Uh, uh, well, basically produced by civilian contractors and then wound up on the open market 
after things are declassified. A lot of things right. that, that happens to. So if you want to be on the cutting edge, young man, <laughs> join the military and you'll see things you'll never see uh, maybe for 10 years down the road. In fact, you might you might even be classified your, yourself and the knowledge that you have. <laughs> so be prepared for certain uh, uh, security briefings. You know, never mind the stories that you get to tell for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, Bob, I want to thank you for, for spending time. But before we wrap up, are there any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with veterans who are listening to our voices today? Well, I'd like to thank you, Ed, for doing this. Um, you're the first person that ever asked me, and I'm 75 years old. You're the first person that's ever asked me really to tell my story about the military. So how many veterans are there out there that never really been queried about their experience? And uh, how important that might be, um, realizing that there are some that were so traumatized, they don't want to talk about it, uh, and that's okay too. But I think there's a wealth of information out there. There's a lot of uh, even humor and uh, things that can be learned from our, our uh, brothers and sisters in uniform. It isn't being tapped into. And I, I, I really applaud what you're doing with this podcast. Well, thank you so much for taking time to come on it. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have enjoyed the episode, please click the subscribe button and get notified when new episodes are published. Please take a moment to share these episodes with a friend. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have something to share with the community, please email info at theveteransclub.org.